Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devaraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. In today's episode, I am interviewing an entrepreneur Shashank Mehta, who is the founder of the food company The Whole Truth, formerly known as and nothing else. a very inspiring personality who quit his comfortable corporate job to start his own vision of giving humanity an alternative to unhealthy snacks with natural healthy clean food at first when i read about this company i had goosebumps because it's so difficult to get healthy snacks that are free of refined sugar artificial sweeteners chemical preservatives or bogus claims like no added sugar and his company is making clean protein bars and healthy snacks declaring every ingredient in bold as the face of the product label shashank is also a health blogger where he describes his journey of becoming healthy from being overweight i hope you enjoy this interview and now we go over to shashank thank you so much uh, shashank mehta for being in my podcast so looking forward for this insightful interview and i must say that thank you so uh, like much I will say that I just got your food uh, and nothing else delivered to my home, and I tried it. It's fantastic, and I'm really impressed with the vision that you have for your company. And I'm so looking forward for this inspiration from you. Awesome! Thank you so much for having me. I'm also quite excited about this uh, chat of ours, and thank you for trying the product uh, before we got on the call. Uh, so good to know that you're a consumer now. So, Sashank, I'm curious to. Uh, Uh, know your story i mean uh, coming from a mba background i mean you could have just gotten a job in a big corporate and have a comfortable life but instead you chose the path of an entrepreneur and that to starting a company with such a beautiful vision so what was your kick in the butt that made you feel like okay this is what i want to do great i'm going to take a slightly long wound route to answer this question because what i'm doing today is kind of like the culmination of both my personal and professional life mm-hmm. uh so professionally i'm a uh, mba graduate uh, from 2009 and i actually did join a a big company job right out of campus so i was working with unilever uh, in sun unilever uh, from day one out of campus uh and and i worked there for about 8 years for 2 years in the middle i worked with a startup called rebel foods which is fast food if you might have heard of it uh right so that's the total 10 years of work experience that i have uh, eight of which are in a big company uh and in that big company i was in various sales and marketing roles it's one of india's it, it is india's largest marketing company so i was on the professional side i was seeing how marketing is done from from the inside Uh, and i was always in the personal care space of things so i was selling you creams and shampoos and soaps and toothpaste uh, on the on the personal side uh, uh i was a really really obese kid so uh, when i was 19 years of age i was 110 kg uh then then once i entered college uh, something happened i don't clearly remember what the trigger was but but i went completely crazy and i lost 40 kgs in like 9 months uh and i did that by just i just started running as much as i could uh which was very little in the beginning and slowly developed and i stopped eating so i now that i look back to that time at that time i was 
not i was not educated about weight loss at all i just went crazy i said okay i'm going to reduce calories and start burning that's it uh but now that i look back i realize that i went from a 4000 calorie per day diet to a 1200 calorie per day diet in one go which is not something i would advise people who are doing it now but that's what i did uh, and then i became thin and i thought that thin is equal to fit and uh, now i can live like a thin guy and eat like a thin guy mm-hmm. uh and i started doing i started doing that and i gained all of it back then i lost it again then i gained all of it back then i lost it again so i've done this plus minus 25 30 kg journey thrice in life now uh and and that last cycle ended around 26 years of age which is when i realized that hey, something is wrong uh i am a bit daft i agree but i can't be that stupid that i'm doing this wrong three times over uh that's when i started educating myself about uh, food and nutrition and that's when i started realizing that you know as they say that uh, weight loss is 80% diet that's absolutely true uh and i thought that i was making good dietary changes i thought that i was replacing i'm a north indian guy i was replacing my parathas with corn flakes and that's a healthy choice i was replacing my colas with uh, juices and that's a healthy choice mm-hmm. but once i started reading about it i realized no <laughs> uh, corn flakes have a ton of sugar your juice has the same amount of sugar as your cola does there's no difference at all they're literally the same amount of sugar uh and that's why i was falling into this trap again and again i thought i was making healthier choices on my food and and that wasn't true uh so i think that's what got me thinking and i started writing this blog called fit shit uh, when i was with unilever itself mm-hmm. uh this was a weekend project but it started getting a lot of traction i was i was doing like 1500 2000 word lengthy technical boring articles uh and yet people were pouring in to read them and sending me comments and questions saying oh wow i didn't know this about my food and how to read nutrition labels and how sugar is masqueraded as other names and all of that stuff uh and that gave me the impetus saying that hey i know how this marketing game is played uh, from mm-hmm. the inside and i know what it is doing to our food uh i think it is incumbent on me to do something about it rather than just write about it i need to get into the ring and do something about it and you know it's not enough to tell people that this is wrong it's uh, it makes an impact when you give them an alternative and i wanted to do that uh and that's why we started and nothing else uh, which in one line was hey food packaged food should not be about uh fancy claims that this will make you thin in 3 weeks and this will make you this is keto friendly and that this is protein packed and this has oats in it it should just be about ingredients mm-hmm. uh food should be about ingredients so that's why we started and nothing else saying that hey we will we will kill all of this marketing trickery and gimmickry and just put all of our ingredients on the front of pack and say that hey this food is made of a b c d e and nothing else mm-hmm. and as you know very recently like So less than a week ago we actually rebranded from and nothing else to the whole truth mm-hmm. uh because we realized that while and nothing else was the truth about ingredients uh the trickery of marketing and food marketing goes beyond ingredients it it goes to how they use food photography to mislead you to make you feel that this oat biscuit has so many oats in it but it has the 7% but mm-hmm. the front of pack will be full of photographs of flowing oats and dripping chocolate similarly they they use legal tricks to say this is protein packed 
and then you realize that it has just two grams of protein per hundred grams. But hey, I packed two grams of protein, right? So how will you take me to court for it? Yeah. So we realize that the truth needs to extend beyond ingredients, and hence we very recently rebranded to calling ourselves the whole truth. So that's the journey. Wow, that's such a beautiful journey and uh, such an inspiring story also for the future health-conscious consumers that are coming up. And uh, see, the story of this going in a yo-yo, you know, it's a journey that I see in many of my patients and that's also a journey that I went through personally. You know, yo-yo is like suddenly you, you get into a health-conscious diet and a health-conscious lifestyle. You start working out or you do yoga, you meditate, you eliminate a lot of your food. And then suddenly you reach a healthy state and then you think, okay, now maybe I can relax and then again you go back. But even when you get into a healthy lifestyle, you look at, okay, that is healthy. No sugar. Uh, the sugar is less. You have more protein. And when you read that, you think, okay, this is fantastic. And this whole idea of getting into that trick, you know, there is a difference between uh, robbery and business. In robbery and business, both are, you know, you're taking the assets of somebody else. It could be money or something. But in robbery, you're doing it without the other person's knowledge. In business, you're doing it with the other person's consent. That's the difference between robbery and (laughs) business. So when you're saying, you're trying to say that there are many companies which are selling food and they're not giving the whole truth. I mean, they're just giving a partial truth and they are masking that whole stuff. So what I'm thinking is you're talking about many people are not aware how to read the food ingredients when they look at a food label. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what your whole, uh, I mean, if you, I mean, we Indians, I mean, many of my listeners are from abroad. So, but in India, we have so much of fast food and the fast food industry is so booming. And you look at any small shops, you have this packed flavors talking about health be and uh, taste be i mean these kind of things you'll see it but when you look at the ingredients we are not told what these ingredients are and how to understand if these ingredients are going to cause cancer or many illness so if we have to educate the consumers what exactly is in the food ingredient and how to understand if this is good for you or not what can we start with what are the basic things that we need to know I think that's a great point and and let me start by saying that, uh, you know, the proof that food companies are not telling us the truth Mm -hmm. uh, lies in where they put the list of ingredients and the nutritional information. Mm -hmm. Why is it hidden in the back in small, in the smallest font? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you hide in life? You hide stuff that you're not proud of. You hide stuff that you don't want others to see. Yeah. Oh, yes. uh, on the front of pack, which is kept on the shelf, which they want you want to use to entice you. Mm-hmm. That's where the, all the photography and all the good stuff about how good this biscuit is, is written. Mm-hmm. And the real stuff is hidden at the back. Yeah. So I think that's just proof that, uh, uh, you know, they don't, they're not proud of, uh, of the stuff that they're writing in small font at the back. Yeah. Uh, coming to your question of hence why it is so important to educate ourselves because as you rightly said on that fine line between ethical business and robbery uh, uh, it's a very hazy it's a very hazy line and and many businesses keep flitting uh, on one side or the other so it's incumbent on us to educate ourselves uh, i've found two very simple rules 
extremely liberating one is turn the pack it will be tough but find the list of ingredients if you find more than one or two things that you've never heard of if you find stuff that you don't find in your kitchen if you find stuff that your mom has never put in her food stuff that you can't pronounce drop that packet yeah that's and believe me 95% of packaged food unfortunately will go out Oh yeah, it yeah. reminds me of organic. So it won't. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's it'll be tough. Uh, but if you're committed to putting only good ingredients inside your body, that's step one. If you can't pronounce or recognize an ingredient, uh, and maybe there are you know one or two uh, ingredients, but if if the list if the list is very long, and that's my second test. Hmm. a biscuit doesn't need 25 ingredients mm-hmm. biscuits are made with four or five ingredients when you make them at home it's made with four or five ingredients a chocolate needs three ingredients uh yeah uh, a protein bar needs five or six ingredients mm-hmm. yeah so if you find a list of 25 ingredients uh, at the back drop it yeah uh these are two most basic rules of reading ingredient lists and the third rule uh, which is for slightly more uh, evolved consumers is across the world there is a rule put in by the food regulators of each country including fsci in india that you have to list your ingredients in decreasing order of uh, composition mm-hmm. so in the ingredient list the first ingredient is always the highest concentration in that food then the next then the next then the next mm-hmm. so when you turn it around and if you find sugar as the second ingredient or the first ingredient that means that the largest ingredient in this food is sugar wow yeah so so always read the first three ingredients and if those first three ingredients somewhere have sugar or maltodextrin or many other names that i'm sure we'll discuss uh, as we go ahead drop that packet Wow. Yeah. So these would be three of my rules. Uh, Doctor, just give me one minute. I'm going to come back. Yeah? Sure. Just give me one. So Shashank, see, uh, there are many. Uh, uh, I mean, I've read that you know certain sweeteners need not be called as sugar, or it it can be called as okay. Uh, we are. I think there is a huge understanding that sugar is bad now that uh, consciousness is coming back and that's why some company has yeah. come up with zero sugar but even though they call it zero sugar it tastes so good like sugar and we are wondering how is this sweetness coming and then we realize that you know there are certain sweetness that you don't have to call it as sugar but it's actually sugar you know they don't have to declare it as that so what are these names that we need to know which is coming as sugar but it is not sugar so how to understand this okay so uh, again let me begin by saying that you know actually sugar stand alone is bad as a blanket statement is what is also hurting all of us mm-hmm. because then people get confused that hey fruits also have sugar mm. are fruits bad uh our dates bad our reasons bad uh the answer is no sugar was a great boon for humans it gave us 
you know in our hunter gatherer days it gave us when we found uh, sugary fruits it gave us energy uh, and that allowed us to hunt or save ourselves from some predator right uh, man made sugar is bad uh, man made refined highly processed pure sugar without any fiber without any vitamin without any mineral is bad when it comes in the form of a fruit it comes with all the attendant fibers of the fruit etc and hence you can't overeat sugar in fruit mm-hmm. but you can overeat sugar in a cola or 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 in a juice because it's pure sugar there is no fiber and hence there is no satiety that comes with it it just keeps giving you a dopamine high every time you eat it yeah now stemming from that once we all realize that you know uh we are being sold sugar for the last 50 years in its refined form and that's what's leading to global obesity all of us became aware that sugar is bad mm-hmm. even the big companies became aware and they you know have teams and teams of people in internally trying to figure out how do we now give people sugar without calling it sugar mm-hmm. uh because sugar is a great boon for packaged food it's a great binder it's a great preservative it increases taste it gives body it gives thickness so it's it's a great boon for the industry but now people don't a, want and it is a great non prescriptive antidepressant and anti anxiety absolutely <laughs> absolutely so it's the answer to all problems uh, in the short term and it's the cause of all problems in the long term so uh so that's why uh, they've been looking at finding alternative names to sell it as so that they don't have to declare it as sugar mm-hmm. now there are three categories of substitutes uh, that you will find at the back of a pack which are used to escape calling it sugar mm-hmm. uh, one is uh, the most common ingredient you will find is something called maltodextrin mm-hmm. uh, uh which is a highly 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 processed uh form of sugar which actually has a, a glycemic index which is 1.5 times of regular sugar uh which many many companies use anyone listening to the podcast just go to your pantry and turn around a pack of biscuits or chocolate or juice or or salad sauce uh and chances are you will find maltodextrin in it uh that's one ingredient to be really beware of especially for diabetics because they might be thinking they are getting a sugar free product but what they're getting is actually worse on insulin impact uh, impact than sugar is hmm. uh second is this group of uh, sugar alcohols called polyols hmm. uh so anything that ends with o ol at the end so maltitol sorbitol erythritol all of these are called sugar alcohols hmm. uh they have technically speaking they have half the calories of sugar mm. uh, uh which means that you know half of it isn't digested by the body only the other half is digested and it, get, it releases two calories per gram rather than four calories per gram uh that's another ingredient that is used to claim sugar free mm. uh, and it's and these are very recent ingredients so there is not enough research around this these to say what do they do to our gut bacteria etc Uh, uh you know just like it took us 50 years to understand that sugar is bad mm. i wonder what are we eating today that 50 years down the line we'll realize was bad because research caught up yeah uh, and the third then is artificial zero calorie sweeteners mm-hmm. so you have your 
saccharins, your sucralose, your aspartame, so all your splendas, your sweet and low, your sugar freeze of the world, uh, uh, which are the third type of uh, uh, sugar substitute which is used to claim sugar free. Again, yes, in terms of calories, are they zero calorie? Yes. Uh, uh, but but if you go down the science, how do they operate? They uh, to your tongue, to your taste receptors, they feel like it's sugar coming in. Mm. Yeah. So your taste receptors still signal to your body that hey, there is sugar coming in, so you should spike insulin. But the sugar never comes. Insulin gets spiked, but sugar never comes. And this this powder is basically indigestible by the human body. It passes right through your gut, mm. uh, and then you ex- uh, excrete it again. Some research, and there is nothing conclusive. Some people believe it's linked to cancer. Some people believe it's linked to other kinds of problems. Nothing conclusive, but because uh, not enough research uh, has been done. So these are the three kinds of sugar. So maltodextrin uh, and other dextrins. There is polyols, which is sorbitol, erythritol, uh, maltitol. These are the most famous ones. And then there are uh, zero-calorie artificial sweeteners like sucralose, saccharin and aspartame uh, which you should be looking out for well so but just one question why are the food regulators not uh, letting them a free hand that you don't have to declare this as sugar and where does do where do they what exactly is the differencing factor that makes a sugar and these kind of chemicals so what is that differencing line and what gives them the free hand okay these kind of things you don't have to claim it as sugar so you can actually fool the client who is not aware of these yeah. kind of technicalities. That's a great question. And that's where the crux of the problem is. It's not malintent on the part of the food regulator. It is just that the food regulator, if I take FACCI in India, is so under-resourced. Mm. And the companies with whom they're fighting this battle are so over-resourced that the companies are always two steps ahead of the regulator. So, uh, to give you an example, in India, FSCI has to monitor some 2 crore, that's 20 million uh, small, medium and large food manufacturers. Uh, they just don't have the resource to police everyone. So, they are always in reactionary mode. Someone does something wrong, consumers raise a voice about it, FSCI reacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the other hand, you have these big multinational companies with IIT graduate chemical science students who are trying to find alternative compounds which will not get classified as sugar. And the answer to your question is sugars have a certain chemical bond structure. Mm. Uh, If you can create something which tastes like sugar and does the same thing in your body that sugar does, but it has a different chemical bond structure, it won't get classified as sugar. Uh, and very intelligently, you know, they came up with sugar alcohol. I don't know what sugar alcohol means. Like, why should it be any different from sugar? But it's just that the chemical structure is different. Uh, and hence, it's a loophole in the system that if it's not this particular chemical structure, you don't have to call it a sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the answer. The companies are running two, three steps ahead of the food regulators and they're always playing catch up. I see. So... But but do you think uh, it's only in India or even in developed countries? I I do see aspartame in some of the chewing gums, you know, 
even yeah, not yeah. in India, even when I go to Europe or some other, even in the United States, I see aspartame in many of the chewing gums and sweetness is part of it. But I don't think they call it as sugar, it's just called as aspartame. But I think in India, it's... Yeah, yeah. Aspartame, is a, aspartame is a zero-calorie sweetness, so it's, it's, it's uh, declared as an artificial sweetener mm-hmm. uh, and not as sugar. And as I said, we just, with some of these compounds, it's just that we don't know. I see. It'll take us 50 years for science to catch up. Exactly mm-hmm. what it did with sugar. It'll take us 50 years for science to catch up. Uh, uh, you know, I was looking at some advertising material from 1960. Hmm. Sugar was sold as the answer to your kid's uh, uh, lack of energy problem. Hmm. Hmm. Newspaper advertisements were carried out by big companies saying, is your kid lazy? Give him this uh, uh, cola because it has a ton of sugar. They hmm. were proud of it at that hmm. time. Hmm. Yeah, And look how times have changed. So, so I don't know what happened 50 years uh, uh, down the line from here. But to your answer of... Uh, Actually, you know what? The developed world has it worse than us. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, so to give you a quick peek into the history of sugar, how did sugar enter the world's supply chain so massively? Mm. So after the World War I, uh, when there was a Great Depression in the US and in most of the Western world, uh, the United States told all of its farmers to shift the crop to a cash crop. Uh, from which they can do commerce and everyone shifted to corn Mm. because that was the easiest to grow and there was a lot of demand but they grew so much corn that they couldn't use it within the country they had to export it Mm -hmm. that's when the discovery of hfcs which is high fructose corn syrup Mm -hmm. uh, which is a worse than sugar substitute of sugar was invented and they started exporting it to the world because they had so much produce that's how sugar actually refined sugar entered the world's supply chain countries like india we were always agrarian societies right so we we actually have always eaten local we still buy our sabzis from our local mandis from our local market from our weekly market so this entire thing of organic and and non-adulterated we've we've always been eating that it's only now that these fast food chains are coming into our country and you know uh, uh, in putting this bad refined sugar in our diet. So, in a funny way, the developed world actually has it much worse uh, mm-hmm. than we do. Their regulators are now catching up uh, much faster also because they have more resource and they have more research and all of that stuff. But but you just look at obesity numbers, like half of the US is overweight or obese. That mm-hmm. number for India is rising, but it's still at 20%. Till 15 years ago, it was at 12%. Yeah. So uh, the developed world, actually, the joke is on uh, the rich folks, Uh, even within India, the joke is on the rich folks, because we are the ones who are leading busy lives and hence eating at the, uh, you know, fast food joint. Mm -hmm. The farmer in the village is still having his real food, which he grew in front of him. So uh, the joke, the joke is on us. (laughs) I mean, uh, there is a saying. If you produce something more than what the consumers can buy, then you find tricks to push it on their throat. You know, somehow they have to take it. And that's where the whole problem starts. Then you find tricks to how to sell it and how to make sure they buy it. And then you have to create the unwanted demand, artificial demand. That's where the whole problem starts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
and uh, like you were saying in ancient times i mean not ancient like few decades ago they would sell sugar as for energy drink um, i think in ancient time i mean like few decades ago even cigarette smoking was marketed as it helps to do weight loss for yeah. many women would uh, wear skinny jeans and say i smoke because i lose weight you know that's a kind of things that they were selling and i think soon uh in the future we will have all these products has to be labeled as this could create cancer and it contains sugar and you could be diabetic you could be obese and we are waiting for that time to happen but by the time happens many people are you know addicted like they say the yes and i'm saying by by the time that happens who knows what other new things we would have created exactly uh, to replace that you know because the capitalist engine is great like i am all for capitalism i don't think any other uh, system works but there is a dark side to it uh, when you put the country's and the world's best brains to uh, uh, to this task of selling sugar without it being called sugar there is no limit to what they can come up with mm-hmm. and we will we'll always be playing catch up uh, so it is only our own conscience which can save us otherwise uh, uh, we'll always be running behind you'll put this on a pack some other compound will come which will take another 50 years to figure out that this was bad for us i mean they say that a cigarette company has to find 3000 new customers because every day 3000 customers are dying because of smoking associated <laughs> so by the time they had to you know the 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 world realized cigarette smoking can create cancer and it could lead to death and by the time they made it that they have to put a disclaimer cigarette smoking can lead to many injurious disease people are already addicted you know james bond malboro man they already advertise this is cool and you can have it and they they are not able to come out of it so i think we are going to yeah. miss the bus by that the time. scary this yeah and the scary thing is imagine being born at that time when you were being marketed cigarettes as this cool thing hmm you had no inkling right that exactly. that 50 years down the line this is the conversation people will be having that's what scares me that when you're in it i don't know what is it that's being advertised to me today that i have no clue about 50 years down the line will be said uh, oh look at how stupid these guys were they were doing this yeah <laughs> so <laughs> that's the scary thing and the only rule i found to save myself from this is i won't eat stuff or as far as possible of course there are exceptions but i won't eat stuff which i can't find in my local market i can't pronounce my mom didn't used to use you know th- those are simple rules that if you haven't heard of something like erythritol which as it is sounds like it came out of a chemistry lab right which it did, <laughs> it did not grow on a farm uh, don't have it mm-hmm. try to source as much as nature made than man laboratory made that's the whole yeah. idea lab made absolutely yeah. so and sasha i see you are uh, you are selling a plant based and nature based food so one of the things that we find it when it comes to mass manufacturing is the need for preservative and increase the shelf life that has been one of the greatest challenge and that's where yeah. capitalism has is gaining so how do you how did you face this challenge you know when you say there is nothing else you are not adding any preservative no added sweetness and so what was your technological um, breakthrough where you are able to sell it without any added preservative blindly i mean openly actually there wasn't any breakthrough uh, 
we just used uh, so we use dates as our uh, sweetener mm-hmm. so we use whole dates uh, uh, with all the fiber etc intact we defeed the dates ourselves so that we know that you know otherwise many people buy date paste from the market and in that also there's a ton of adulteration because you can add sugar to it and you can't realize so we take whole dates and defeed them and it took a little while to get the composition of the product right it took mm-hmm. a lot of trial and error because when you work with natural ingredients there's no consistency mm-hmm. some batches something some batches something because it all depends on the produce that year and you know the farm output that year etc so uh, but apart from that trial and error uh, and eventually what happened is like the, pro- the protein bar that we make is fragile it's not you know most of the stuff you find in the market you throw it on a wall it won't break mm-hmm. uh, because because sugar liquid is a great binder as you said mm-hmm. and liquid sugar especially uh, uh, because once it solidifies it binds everything together mm-hmm. so uh, once we made our peace with the fact that we believe consumers will appreciate this that the fact that this product is not as tough and sturdy as an industrial grade Uh, sugary product it is fragile uh, and yet it does hold together because it also has sugar mm. sugar is coming from whole dates i think we solved the problem it's not that difficult a problem to solve it's just that very few people approach it with that conviction that this is what we will do yeah. uh, you know most people approach it from a hey this is what happens in the market so if i have to be competitive on price i also have to do what happens in the market and hence i won't even try uh, so yeah i don't think it is impossible to do it is quite doable so you're saying uh, your challenge was to find that perfect combination and once you found out even though it yes. is fragile people are accepting it it's not that yes uh, absolutely it took a lot of trial and error lot of trial and error we must have run a thousand batches i can uh, you know half a date extra half a date less this Uh, uh you know dates are mostly imported into india they come from the middle east largely so mm-hmm. you can omani date versus a uae date versus some other date uh and similarly for you know the the funny thing with natural ingredients uh so we make our bars with just five ingredients that's it there's literally five ingredients in the bar right uh so my mom used to say that you declare all of them up front also are you stupid you're giving out your recipe mm-hmm. uh, uh you know on the front of pack you're telling people and i was like mom let them try and copy mm-hmm. uh, because uh it is so tough to work with only natural ingredients because there's nothing to hide behind mm-hmm. uh people use a ton of sugar just like we use a ton of masalas in our food you know as an amateur cook the best trick is put a lot more uh, uh, red chili powder yeah, because yeah. that chili will mask every other taste and no one will realize that you didn't know the other masala right so it's the same with sugar you put a lot of sugar everything will taste good yeah exactly so but in but in natural food you have nothing to hide behind mm-hmm. uh, it takes so much trial and error to get the recipe and the proportions and the process uh, you know right if you if you heat any little ingredient a little more you don't have any stabilizer chemical stabilizer in the food something mm-hmm. becomes unstable uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, your nuts the nut butter starts getting rancid it starts leaving its oil because natural ingredients are fragile mm-hmm. yeah so uh, 
it's very very tough to work with natural ingredients but the it's not impossible to do it it just takes trial and error and you can't do it on paper you can't be like hi isme put in a bit of moderate extract put in a bit of sorbitol and this will neutralize this and put in this preservative and this will give it six months of shelf life no you'll have to do trial and error so i think your secret was your patience with that i need to get it done without any artificial preservative i think the secret was your patience we are not doing we are not doing it any other way it was the conv- conviction that you know doing it any other way is worthless because this is the purpose this is the reason why we are trying to do this so mm-hmm. either we go home thinking that this can't be done or we do this there is there is no third way fantastic i mean uh, i really appreciate your patience and your vision beautiful vision that you you're you know expressing everything on the front of the product and that's what i think the future will come up to we are waiting for that I day so that people will have more awareness and now today you know people put celebrities in the front and the back you need a microscopic lens to understand yes. what is there and that completely yes solves the whole idea so where do you see the you know your beautiful vision where do you see and uh, i just hope that no big company comes and takes over your beautiful vision and then they kill it <laughs> that's my only fear and where do you see your future going with the with this and where do you see your company going ahead so we are actually you know trying to create a food philosophy that's actually the reason why we rebranded to the whole truth because we believe that it that name represents our food philosophy which is that you should know what's going into your food and you should know the whole truth of it mm-hmm. yeah and and if the ingredients are simple you will understand mm-hmm. uh, you know many a times when i speak to food scientists in big companies they're like we would have told people but they won't understand now what is sorbitol and what is erythritol and my answer is then don't put it now <laughs> because because <laughs> you know consumers don't understand it because it's made in a chemistry lab i'm not supposed to understand it yeah so uh, that's our mission that if we are able to set up this food philosophy then we will make and try and make products in many other food categories be it granolas be it cookies be it chocolates mm-hmm. it's not wrong to indulge i am not sitting in judgment saying that you're indulging i also indulge uh, but why do it with a unclean product mm-hmm. chocolate can literally be made with three ingredients it doesn't need anything else uh yes is it a bit tougher and a bit more expensive to do it that way yes but for the consumers who can afford it for people like you and me who can afford it at least we should have the have the option of doing it that exactly. that yeah so that's the vision that once we set up this food philosophy that this brand makes food where they declare not just ingredients but everything about their food up front and tell us the whole truth then we'll keep trying to create more and more products wherever we are able to live up to our own standard of philosophy that's the simple mission i think it's interesting you know i read somewhere only rocket science is rocket science if you're not able to simplify if you're not able to simplify to the common man that means you are hiding something you know you don't you are scared of telling the truth that's for the whole idea absolutely absolutely and you know uh, i am a uh, marketer by profession hmm. if you go back into the history of brands why did brands get invented why did human beings invent brands mm-hmm. it was a it was a substitute for trust 
you know every time when i go to the supermarket i can't possibly find out everything about every product on the shelf so someone put a brand on it saying that hey if it says xyz you can trust that it was made ethically you can trust that it was made in a hygienic condition you can trust that they are not cheating you so brands are nothing but a byword for trust hmm. and it is that very trust which brands are breaking today hmm. uh, uh you know uh, that they are using to their advantage consumers use brands as a symbol of trust and brands are exploiting that uh, uh, that trust uh, which i think it's uh, you know when it's applied to food to something that goes inside your body uh it really hits home uh, you know on skin care on 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 stuff that you put even on that people have been coming quite woke now and saying that uh, it should be uh, you know animal cruelty free etc etc a lot of stuff but but on stuff that goes inside you uh, uh you can't be made to second guess on what you're eating right i think mm-hmm. that's just blasphemous I mean, me as a doctor today, uh, you know, many times I had a patient, and he had this issue of binge drinking, and he would drink uh, when he is on a binge drinking mode. He would start from the morning time and goes on till till his body says, "No, I cannot continue it anymore." And then once he got so sick and he had some liver problems, and he comes to me for a consultation. then i am prescribing him some ayurvedic medications and the first question he is asking me is after seeing the whole prescription doctor does these medications have any side effects you know he is so conscious on knowing does these medications have any side effects but he is not questioning what else is he consuming so when it comes to food when it comes to certain things people are not really understanding does it have any side effects you know so i think the future also we need to educate you know even the food has lot of side effects we think that food is something that we can go on and you can just live with it yeah but i think that that is changing i am uh, i a lot of people around me now realize that everything from skin radiance to hair loss to digestive health to muscular health starts from inside exactly uh, yeah so i think that awareness is uh, definitely uh, coming it needs to be combined with education and as, as i said i hate to paint it that way but we are in a race with people uh, who because of vested interests are putting in a lot of time and energy and resource to obfuscate and confuse us uh, so we are and we will always be running behind uh, uh, you know the latest trick that will pull us into eating bad stuff that's a fantastic uh, anything else you would like to share about your story of starting your own entrepreneurial company with such a beautiful vision and i'm sure you know being starting a company and that too in india it's not one of the easiest things but in your story and starting something completely off the track you know when people are used to uh, creating such snacks and you come up with the cleanest snack ever and that too completely nature based and what was your greatest learning in this actually personally my biggest learning uh, and this is an individual thing is i wanted to prove to myself and hopefully 
to others that it is possible to do well by doing good you don't need to do well by doing bad mm-hmm. uh, and you know we are very very young uh, we are less than 10 months old uh, mm-hmm. into operation so we are a very very young company and touch with the response has been beyond our wildest imagination which which also gives me a lot of hope you know that we keep thinking all of us are guilty of thinking that i understand so many things and people don't understand i mm-hmm. think people do uh, uh, it's just that you know you have so many other troubles in your life your kids admission your dad's health your own job so many other troubles that you don't have the time to invest in uh, figuring out what went into my biscuit packet mm-hmm. it is the job of brands to give you that option and what we are realizing is the minute brands do that people at least that's what's happening with us they come flocking uh, they like shit i never had this option i knew there was something wrong with my food but what can i do i can't leave my job and start doing this exactly right so someone had to uh, do this so i am very hopeful after our very very small journey and hopefully it becomes a long uh, it's already a very rewarding journey but hopefully it's very long and also uh, that uh, you can do well by doing Uh, good you don't have to compromise one for the other thank you so much shashank it was such a beautiful interview it, it was really an inspiration for myself as well and it also reinforces the common vision that we have you know thank you so much awesome. thank you so much thank you so much for having me it was my pleasure and i will put the the list of the details of the company in my show notes so people can also look up to awesome that will be great thank you so much